Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Now Hear This is a music review podcast and is not directly affiliated with any artists or album projects discussed on the show. Think of us like your record collection come to life. Well, except for some of those juvenile albums. There are other ways to back that ass up. You got a record of your favorite songs. You got an hour and it won't take long. You got a pair of brand new friends. You got a ticket gonna stick to the end. I said, now hear this. Now hear this. Now hear this show. such a vulnerable process like recording these songs that I like spend on my private time writing and then like the first time you play a song live it's really scary but um it's sounding pretty good Oliver Paul 20 years old thick head of hair worries he's going bald wakes up at quarter past nine his way down the saw each other uh we were having a lot of laughs yep i remember that the good old days about sickness and how it was elsewhere not affecting us a bunch of fake news media uh-huh why do i always sound like i'm <laughs> alex jones on this podcast <laughs> i gotta dial it back now we're back in the studio and yeah. i see you've got a lovely bubble here mine I feel like it's not quite as nice as yours. This is the first time I've recorded inside of two giant respective bubbles. Yeah. So that's exciting for me, but it just shows how far we've fallen. This is a big problem. Not the coronavirus. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about this, the your brand of bubble. Like what? Bubble situation. You could have just paid the extra $30 to get the premium brand bubble that I got on Amazon. Yeah. Our new overlord and father and mother. <laughs> <laughs> All praise be to Bezos. Um, Thank you, Lord Bezos. May I rub <laughs> your shiny bald head? I respect the decision, by the way. I respect the Bezos in that he committed to the baldness because Mr. Musk. Musk? Yeah. Mr. Musk. Elon Musk. Let's table for a moment the idea that I am now just isolating his last name for the first time ever, and it is indeed just Musk. Let's oh, table yeah. that for a second. Okay. And just focus for it. So he, he was balding too, and he got plugs. Did he? He plugged himself up with his billions and billions of dollars. He plugged his head up. Bezos, shine. Nothing but shine. Bezos, Wanted nothing to do with haircuts. Well, I guess it's more haircuts, right? Because you got to bick it up. What I'm saying is... That, what are you saying? There's a difference in approach there, you know? Oh, yeah. The cover-up and then the embrace. The embracements. Yeah. Which do you prefer, the cover-up or the embrace? I like the embrace. And I also like the Jeff Bezos. If you type in... This is a fun fact for everyone listening. Everybody that survives the coronavirus <laughs> can check this out if you type in relentless.com in your browser right now what happens why don't you just try it out i'm doing it break the fourth wall that's not google you're not googling it's not anything. a google relentless.com there's no spell check in urls ah! wow that was the original wow. it was one of the names that he was going to call amazon huh but he see lefty key still owns the url 
Oh, man. So, as Ryan said, we are back in our bubbles amongst the plague. I hope you're all having a happy plague out there. I hope you're surviving. Yeah. We are here also surviving and hello, talking about an album this week that I brought to the table. I'm very excited to talk about this. Courtney Barnett's Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit. One of my favorite albums. Yeah, it's a very good album. And my entry to this was whenever it came out, I was delivered the first track of a song into my Discover Weekly and it's still in, it knocks around playlists of mine. I just didn't recognize the artist name when you sent it to me. I'm like, who the hell is Courtney Barrett? Barnett? (laughs) Dana Barrett? No, Dana Barrett! Ow! There is no Corona, only Zool. (laughs) So... Yeah, elevator operator. Now, I don't want to skip ahead, but like, it's just such a refreshing style of song. And that I was like, I, I don't even know who I can compare this to off the top. I was similarly struck by the unique sounding nature of it. Although when I heard it for the first time, so the album came out in 2015. I heard it shortly after it came out. And, uh, well, I guess, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, I, I got to know it because Courtney did a Blue Series single for Jack White's Third Man Records. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and she did a um, a variation on Boxing Day Blues, basically yeah. took the title Boxing Day Blues, rewrote the song into something completely different, and then recorded that as a Blue Room Series single. Mm. So I was following the Blue Room Series singles pretty closely and listened to this one, and I was, I enjoyed it a lot. It Sounds a lot different than her other material, but there is a Dylan-y quality to it, which I think is perhaps what attracted Jack White to her sound, because he and Dylan are close. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's a very Bob Dylan quality. As you were texting me earlier in the week, it's very lyric-dense. Yes, yeah. There's also a grunge kind of sauce sort of poured on the top of it. It really is the marriage of folk rock in or... I don't know. What, how would you classify Dylan other than folk rock? I... Legendary status? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm looking for something like folk poet. Like folk poet meets Kurt Cobain's Seattle. Well, you don't want to call him coffee shop. He's part of the, I'd call him Greenwich Village acoustic yeah. singer-songwriter. He's a song, Bob Dylan, okay. Bob Dylan is a songwriter and one of our best lyricists, wordsmiths. His interviews are just as good as his songs. You ever read any of these interviews? Some of them, yeah. There's this really great book of interviews of songwriters. The title escapes me. Maybe it'll come to me. Bob Dylan's interview, one of the first questions is something along the lines of, songwriting is like catching fish. And whoever's downstream from you, Bob, you know, they must be so frustrated (laughs) because you keep catching the big fish. How do you do it? (laughs) And his, his two-word answer is the bait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, it's really funny. I love that. Have you heard his, uh, you know, not to date the episode, although we already have talking within our bubbles. Have you heard his new 17-minute John F. Kennedy tribute track he just released? No. He dropped his first new song in eight years, and it's a 17-minute opus about the assassination of Jonathan Fitzgerald Kennedy. <laughs> well, my, I know what I'm doing after this session. Seems short for Bob. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll do a little, uh, we'll just do a little bit of background here on Courtney's career. Because actually, although I'm a big fan of hers and have been following her records since this album came out in 2015, I, had, I knew very little actually about her career. And so anyway, she was born November 3rd, 1987. So she's two years younger than me and a year younger than you. Yeah. Her middle name is literally Melba. She's Australian through and through. Uh, wow. Grew up in Sydney, moved to a town called Hobart when she was 16, and was inspired by a lot of Australian singer-songwriters that I, I didn't recognize the names of, uh, Darren Hanlon and Paul Kelly. Staying locked inside all day is no big deal But I'm yet to read a travel brochure That could change the way that I feel It's suffocating in the car It's just the way some families are It's a book you'll get around to read 
so she played guitar in a group that uh, called itself Rapid Transit growing up. And mm. they did, in fact, release an album on cassette, as well as an early band that she uh, was in called The Olivettes, which released a 100-copy EP CD that was hand-numbered. So, you know, on the uh, underground side of things, she's, you know, growing up, playing in a lot of bands, cutting her teeth, all that good stuff. Yeah. From 2011 to 2013, she was in a band called Immigrant Union with uh, Brent DeBoer. DeBoy? DeBoy? Of the Dandy Warhols? You know the oh, Dandy Oh, yeah, Warhol. I think it's DeBoy, but I also am... Phonetically Phonetically challenged. challenged. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I like the Dandy Warhols, all right. They're okay. They're just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know some Dandy Warhol super fans out there. I liked a long time ago, we used to be friends, that song. I like that one. So she's bouncing around the clubs. She's cutting her teeth. Then she meets somebody named Jen Cloer. Yeah. And Jen was an Australian singer-songwriter, very active in the 2000s, sort of in that indie rock boom kind of thing. She released an album Deadwood Falls in 2006, operating under the name Jen Cloer and the Endless Sea with a smattering of Australian musicians yeah. in her backing band. subsequently released uh, two other albums to big critical praise in her native country and she was nominated for something called an ARIA or ARIA Music Award I guess it's the Australian Music Awards okay yeah that makes sense are you familiar with these at all I'm not that familiar but I know what you're roughly what you're referring to yeah so it was the loss of Jen's parents in 2011 that kind of sent her career into a temporary hiatus but when she re-emerged a year later, she was with a new band and a new record, this time featuring a young singer-songwriter named Courtney Barnett. And hmm. Courtney and Jen would become romantic partners as well as professional partners. They were together for six years for before ultimately splitting in 2018. I actually saw Jen open for Courtney on her Lot of Sea Lice tour with Kurt Vile in 2017. And, and Jen was good. You know, she was a little more what you'd think of singer songwritery kind of stuff you know acoustic guitar and yeah mournful melody and all this 14 year age difference between jen and courtney mm. uh, so quite a bit of uh mm. quite a bit of days yeah. <laughs> a, uh, seconds so in 2012 jen and courtney founded a music label called milk records to carry their material, that label would, through Jen's pre-existing success and Courtney's impending much bigger success, would go on to house a dozen artists, including being the exclusive Australian distribution label of Slater Kinney. Oh yeah, I know Slater Kinney. Uh, Carrie Brownstein, a wonderful actress and singer. Their latest record, awesome. In order to start this label up, actually, Courtney wound up borrowing money from her grandmother and uh, that year released two EPs on the label, which received huge critical acclaim and were combined to form an album release in 2014 called The Double EP, A Sea of Split Peas. Now, this album is good. There are some great tracks on it. I sent you one of them yeah. last night, Avant Gardener. Oh, yeah, that was good. My hands are shaky. My knees are weak. I can't seem to stand on my own two feet. Courtney tells these stories in her songs, and that song is about 
an everyday occurrence. She walked out, she went and did some gardening in her backyard, and she wound up having an asthma attack that sent her to the hospital and nearly killed her. And uh, so you get a flavor for the kind of songs that Courtney writes and records here. She does very slice-of-life stuff, zeroes in on little moments and expands them to be much bigger things. Yeah. Buzz was starting to build around uh, Courtney and the Australian music press was, you know, hailing her as a new rock and roll sound seemingly. And there's this air of a scene around her brewing in Australia. And, you know, that culminated into her writing over the course of a year. Sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit, which is the album we're discussing today. And that was really her first actual album a start to finish album the one before it was just two eps kind of crammed together yeah her uk label in advance of this one was marathon artists and marathon partnered with u.s label mom and pop to launch a guerrilla marketing campaign across major u.s and uk cities for this record we're talking about today with billboard campaigns and all this stuff so they were drumming up a lot of hype around courtney and Uh fortunately for them the songwriting could back the hype and it really did wind up connecting with a lot of people so her story you know sometimes we go into these very elaborate stories about these artists we're talking about her story is fairly new you know she was kind of kicking around playing a lot of clubs wind up getting together with another artist stronger together and then boom things kind of took off and so this album was recorded in april of 2014 and they were written as i mentioned over the course of a year and One of the interesting things I found is when they were recording the album, Courtney only showed the songs to the band a week prior to the recording, even though they had been written over the course of a year. Right. So that they could sound fresh and stuff. And this album does have a very fresh sounding feel to it. The uh, album was produced by Courtney and somebody named Burke Reed and Dan Lascombe at Head Gap Studios in Preston, Victoria, Australia, recorded over eight days and Courtney wrote all the songs on it, and it also features bass by Bones Sloan and drums by Dave Muddle. The album title is funny. It was inspired by a poster in her grandmother's bathroom that she used to stare at when she was a kid. It's a quote from A.A. A. Milne. Mm. Are you familiar at all with A.A. A. Milne? No. Well, it's because you haven't been hanging around this quarantine house because mm. Winnie the Pooh is A.A. A. Milne. Oh, right. And my daughter is in a big Winnie the Pooh phase to the point where she now says, oh, bother, pretty habitually. So we'll be sitting in a a one room and then hear a giant crash in the room next door, followed by, oh, bother. (laughs) That's how the album came together. It was released on March 20th, 2015. They recorded it a year prior, but they held on to it because of touring commitments. And it was debuted at 2015's South by Southwest music festival yeah uh, very well received generally after it came out it wound up being nominated for a ton of awards courtney herself was nominated for the best new artist grammy in 2015 as well as uh, eight nominations and four wins for that year's aria or aria music awards so if you'll recall jen was nominated ultimately did not win an aria music award courtney comes out with one album and gets eight nominations and four wins from the same awards and this really did kind of propel her buzz forward she was nominated for best international female at the 2016 brit awards and she was on may 2016 episodes of both saturday night live and jimmy fallon so she was hitting the press pretty hard and you know i remember People being fairly familiar with her, although she didn't perhaps quite have the crossover of some pop stars, I think people who were interested in rock and roll were aware of what she was doing. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of the background here. And from there, I guess we'll sort of saunter on over to uh, my my bullet corner. What do you say? I think that's a great idea. Good morning. I'm going to be your instructor. Okay, I know you're anxious to jump right in. Okay, so Paul's Bullet Quarter is where I summarize the albums with weird poetry, and we'll start here with bullet number one. Number one. Bob Dylan's spectral ooze draped upon Kurt Cobain's spirit reincarnated as an Australian lesbian guitar god poet and curiously apathetic master of rhythm. Sorry, I blacked out and Dr. Ray Stance showed up. (laughs) Ray, let's close this place up so you can buy me a calzone. Bullet number two. Exactly the right amount of dirt on Oscar Wilde. Ooh. 
Ooh, I like that one. Sometimes you just got to put a little dirt. Was I doing Wipeout? Ooh, <laughs> Wipeout. <clears throat> the epic apathy of the mundane universal truth that shut up you know is true. <laughs> oh, this is my favorite part of the quarantine. <laughs> my last bullet here. Warren Zevon's daughter. Ooh. Was that the bullet? Wait, wait, was there more? That was the bullet. That was oh, all the bullets. that's a good bullet. All right. So, you know, I, I don't really know what to say about this record sometimes because I find it to be so perfect. I forget sometimes how perfect I find this record to be just yeah. from a pacing standpoint, from a tonal standpoint. It's just an appropriate snapshot of mood, feeling, day-to-day struggle, yeah. triumph. Uh, the thing I love yes. about Courtney's is her poetry and and in the song review i'm gonna pull up a lot of choice sort of stanzas per song and call them out because when you're listening to the record they kind of zip right by you like jokes in arrested development or something and you kind of have to go back bojack horseman yeah right there's so many there's just a so many so many visual gags too there's a bulk here so we'll start off with the album openator the old openator the album opener elevator operator to the Nicholas building He trips on a pothole That's not been filled in He waits for an elevator One, two, nine A lady walks in and waits by his side Her heels are high And her bag is snakeskin Hair pulled so tight You can see her skeleton Vickers perfume on her breath A tortoiseshell necklace Between her breasts She looks him up and down With a Botox Hey, that's an opening, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I don't know if it, well, I'm going to be using, I'm going to throw in a lot of words around like best and maybe the best and quite possibly the greatest and the best. But is this the best on the album? I don't know. It's very, very, very good. It's good. Yeah, I think it might be the best. It's my favorite, I think. It sets the tone and I texted this to you and I put my own text to you in my notes and I said, this album is great. It's so wordy, but it's a weird blend of wordy and easy music, but not stupid music. Yeah. There's something about the musical production and the beds of all of these that make it both. It's just so easy to listen to. Like her words are just wrapped around this great vintage, but very modern production it's not a lot of synthesis it's you hear that distorted whirly and the it's great drums great clean bass it almost has an american sound to it which is why i was surprised to find out she was australian yeah you don't find a lot of new artists mining the grunge era as much as you find a lot of new rock and roll artists mining the 70s yes rock sound pop artists are mining the 80s rock sound or pop sound you know like you don't really there hasn't been that contingent of people who are digging through pearl jam and allison chains and stuff in the same way and she does and and she does it like you say in a modern sounding way which i it's funny she was able to strike that balance it might just be the production that's making it sound modern i don't know yes but it starts off with that pounding drum it's not offensively loud or or incessant in the production there's dynamics you know there's there's quiet moments and loud moments it it fluctuates and it it really is just a beautiful exercise in production and i was actually really shocked to find out that she had produced or co-produced the record because it doesn't sound like somebody's first turn at that stuff i know it wasn't maybe her first traditional turn but certainly as a an album yeah and right away you get those dylan vibes there's not really an obvious chorus that no. jumps out at you immediately. And by the time that the chorus does come in, you don't really even like need it much because the song isn't no. about the chorus. It's about a poetic picture that she's painting. So I'll read some of these lyrics from my favorite stanzas of the song. So we have, he waits for an elevator, one to Paul, nine. this is the exact one, <laughs> starting with exactly that word I wrote down. Yeah. Do you want to go? So I also have a lot of highlights from this verse So he waits for an elevator one to nine. A lady walks in and waits by his side. And then I highlighted these next two lines, which means they're important because they're (laughs) highlighted, Paul. Her heels are high and her bag is snakeskin. Hair pulled so tight you can see her skeleton. And he's like, so much imagery packed. 
the flipping of high heel, bag, snake skin, skeleton. Oh, it's great. Vickers perfume on her breath. What? <laughs> a tortoise shell necklace between her breasts. She looks him up and down with a Botox frown. He's like, you know, a Botox frown is just a smile because if you get the <laughs> Botox... Yeah, your your face is. I'm so mad right now. I'm so smiling, so mad at you. But it's just a Joker'sman smile. You know, I didn't even realize that. That's yeah. Wow, I didn't even catch that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. he's well used to that look by now. Right. What? And that's what I mean by this slice of life stuff. That person becomes real. Like we all have yeah. seen that person, and that I especially like that. Like the ones you highlighted hair pulled so tight you can see her skeleton <laughs> because especially out here in los angeles you know you see a lot of this type perhaps around you see a lot well you used to before we were in these yeah these bubbles like, get me out of this bubble <laughs> before we were all quarantines i just want to be a quarantine teenager again paul you guys suck. Um, I pulled out a second stanza. He said, I think you're projecting the Again, way that you're... Again, exactly the same thing I pulled out. <laughs> I'm not joking. This is not really? for the show. Yes. You do it then. It's what is? How is this possible? I don't know. He said, I think you're projecting the way you're feeling. I'm not suicidal, just idling insignificantly. <laughs> yeah. That's some Elvis Costello, Bob Dylan... Yep. I can't even diagram in that sentence or explain why it's good. I just know I know what I like. I come here for perception and clarity. I like to imagine I'm playing Sim City. Love and that. I, wow. <laughs> I know exactly who this young woman is. Yeah. From these lyrics. And that's why it's they all of them paint such a picture. And that's why it's it's just endless, like you're saying, it's endlessly listenable almost, all of this material. Yeah, and that, that one concludes with all the people look like ants from up here and the wind's the only traffic you can hear. So, again, we've all been in that kind of a high place before and, and yeah. have heard that wind whipping and it's deafening at that height. Definitely, yeah. And I love the use of SimCity here because that should be kind of that should be kind of a lazy thing to do to make a reference like that. But for, but it's not no. because it's one piece of this larger puzzle. And so she's almost planting these little seeds for you to, you know, kind of water and grow on your own yes. if you're to know what they mean. You know, what she means is that the people like when you play Sim City, you're up very high in the air and you see all these little tiny people and stuff. Just wonderful stuff. I love that. It's a simple story, but it's kind of a dark story about a guy who's heading to an office and everyone thinks he's going to jump off the roof and kill himself. Yeah. But he's just going up there to get perspective on the world. And it's right. It's a simple story, but it's very effective, eloquent, you know, eloquent. Yeah. Anyway, that's the opener track. Very, very good opener track. And then boom, what a transition into track two, pedestrian at best. Another Great song and a wonderful bridge. Great title. Yeah. thing in this one and i love this it's a it's a play on somebody putting someone in a relationship on a pedestal that expression is to hold them up into this high esteem and she plays with the similarity in sound between pedestrian and pedestal yes plays back and forth between the two so in the song she says put me on a pedestal and i'll only disappoint you Tell me I'm exceptional. I promise to exploit you. Mm -hmm. Give me all your money. I'll make some origami, honey. I think you're a joke, but I don't find you very funny. 
<laughs> and that's the the chorus of the song. And then the stanza: I want to wash out my head with turpentine cyanide. I dislike the internal diatribe when I catch your eye. I hate seeing you cry in the kitchen. I don't know why it affects me like this when you're not even mine to consider. Erroneous, harmonious, I'm hardly sanctimonious, dirty clothes, I suppose we all outgrow ourselves. I'm a fake, I'm a phony, I'm, I'm awake, awake, I'm alone. alone, I'm homely, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> mm. <laughs> she's describing this, how she's, yeah. she, she thinks of herself like, what do, you, what do you mean? Like, what am I to you? Like, why am I special to you? I'm all right. these things, all these just regular things. Um, but it's just it's just a wonderful depiction of that kind of a relationship. And I wonder if this was about Jen or somebody before Jen. I have to imagine it's Jen because a lot of her songs, particularly on this album and the follow-up album, play with similar themes about relationships. So yeah, I don't know. It's me speculating. No, it's 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 everything you're saying. You nailed it on the head. It's like I don't even have. I mean, you just. Just wiped away all my notes with all that. You keep stealing all my notes, Paul. <laughs> this one, I do have an interesting fact about this one. It was written sure. last minute. So the other songs were written much prior to this. And this recorded version of the song was the first time Courtney ever sang the words out loud even. Wow. Gives you that fresh snap. That's amazing. We'll move on from there to uh, an illustration of loneliness, sleepless in New York, track three. Solid groove, great track three. Very good, very good groove. I'll lay you awake at four, staring at the wall, counting all the cracks backwards in my best friend. Reminds me of a book, a skim read in a surgery, all about palmistry. I wonder what's in store for me. I pretend the plaster is the skin on my palms, and the cracks are representative of what is going Said the guitar licks, that riff, yeah, that's in there, man. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of you too, and then that riff comes in. Yeah, that's really what struck me right away about. And she's up at four o'clock in the morning, and then it the time like it goes backwards throughout the song, doesn't it? First, it's I'm up at four, oh, yeah. and then verse two, she's up at three. Right. So obviously, these are different nights, or. Yeah, this is one where I was like, I mean, by this point in the album, I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm, I'm in. I'm just gonna, just gonna lay here, and it's, it's more of a stream of consciousness style thing. Yeah, I mean, what a track one, two, three. Like that's, a, mm. see, this is a rock and roll record to me. Like this is what I want in a rock and roll record. That it's just the right amount of fuzz guitar. It's just the right amount of clarity. I love that she's not like a maybe a particularly good singer. She's like a good singer, but not like a great singer she's more of a vocalist and but i what i love about it is that they don't bury her vocal no her vocal is so crisp and up there yeah and it forces you to listen to the words and i think that's why they didn't bury it they want you to hear what she's saying right it's art deco necromantic chic at the dinner (laughs) all the dinner plates are kitsch with irish wolfhounds french baguettes wrapped loose around their necks I think I'm hungry. I'm thinking of you too. It's like, yeah, okay. She's definitely talking about, you said what her name was, Jen, yeah. possibly. Just another rambly old New York song with a good guitar riff. <laughs> Lou Reed would be very pleased. Yeah. I love the line, uh, reminds me of a book I skim read in, in a surgery. surgery, all about palmistry. I wonder what's in store for me. I pretend the plaster is the skin on my palms and the cracks are representative of what is going on. I mm. lose a breath. My love line seems intertwined with death. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's, Tell me how Dil- you feel, Courtney. Some Dylan on there. You know. just, a, just a splat, just a smudge of Dylan. Just yeah. a spritz of Dylan. Just, just a spritz. Just a little spritz. That brings us to track four, Small Poppies. Um, mm. Our first turn toward mood, moody kind of slow down. Pumps the brakes a little bit. Well, it's seven minutes long also, which I respect. <laughs> 
Sometimes I joke with a, a couple of buddies of mine. We're like, if it's seven minutes long, it seems, it seems short. I prefer like 14 to 19, yeah. like the, the Pink Floyd. Yeah. Oh, wow. This song's been on for 12 minutes. Oh, here's the song now. Okay. Right. But yeah, this one, this is my note. I said David Lynch could have used this in Twin Peaks if he wanted. Wow. I stare at the Lord. It's Wednesday morning. It needs a cut, but I'll leave it growing. All different sizes and all shades of green. Slashing it down just seems kind of mean. That's a good one. Or uh, Mulholland Drive or something. Oh, like yeah, that. a movie. With all that. Right. Yeah. Very Lynchian. It is Lynchian. I hadn't thought of it that way. I think this is a masterclass in sequencing because you really are hooked there for those first three to the point where you're ready to kind of kick it on this one for a minute. Oh, yeah, I was in. I was like, okay, that, those are the first three. I can listen to a seven-minute song right now. That's fine. Yeah, and it also, it, the song itself varies a bit. It, there, there is a lull, but then there's that, I don't know why who I am. And I love the, uh, she kind of sums up the whole album, really, in the line, I used to hate myself, but now I think I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> which is part of the part of the chorus there and i just love that she's not afraid to live in the pocket you know yeah i agree with you on that i don't know if you had this in your notes but i was interested in the title because once i was reading the lyrics i'm like wait what exactly is this about so small poppies is it's named after a, a, a pejorative term tall poppy syndrome which is used in the uk australia and new zealand it's a social phenomenon which, if someone is doing well, you criticize them to bring them back down your level. Huh. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a little taken by that song, and I, so I dug in a little bit. I actually did some research, and I'm not supposed to do a lot of research on this one. Wow. That's cool. I love that they have a term for that. I feel like people do that here as well. <laughs> That's just called being American? Yeah. <laughs> just being a human. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You think you're doing good, huh? Your yeah. bubble's not as expensive as my <laughs> bubble is. Yeah. Or there's, yeah, punching up and punching down, right? That's the that's, that's what we call it over here. Right. I, I love the line, too, in this one. I'm sure it's a bore being you. <laughs> Something kind of, right. just, I, there's little drops of acid, you know, in there, in, the, in that tongue of hers. That will bring us to track five. Depressed and now you said at the top is Elevator Operator the best song on the album? I would say Elevator Operator's the best rocker on the album okay but actually i think and just for me personally that depreston is maybe not only the best song on this album but maybe the best song she's written mm, depressed so what's the title because Dep- I, th- I thought when i was listening it was depression but it's, yeah, it's depressed in de- depressed in so they it's all about how they're like i assume her and jen house hunting and they went to a town called preston oh and so it's about how the house hunting experience is depressing, so she combined depressing and Preston to Depreston. You said we should look out further. I guess it wouldn't hurt us. We don't have to be around all these coffee shops. Now we got that percolator. Never made a latte greater. I'm saving. Twenty-three dollars a week. We drive to a house and there's a grotesque nature to the meditation that she kind of sinks into here about she's talking about houses, but she's actually talking about people. Like yeah. <laughs> she's talking about slow dilapidation on houses, but it's actually kind right. of just about the slow dilapidation of the human condition. Ah. It's, it's what I love about her, where she takes an everyday activity like this, zooms in on it just real close, and shows you how any one action is everything about humanity, all right, right there in that moment. Right. Think about any one distinct memory from your past that you can remember in great detail. Think about those details. If it's you in the car on a rainy day the water running down the window on the car from the rain on the outside, or if you're in a field on a bright summer's day, the smell of that grass, that's literally all life is. It, that's just it right there. And yeah. Obviously, 
you know, we all love narrative storytelling and stuff, but what I love about her is that she decompresses things in an effective way. And I've seen artists in a variety of mediums, be it movies, television, comics, whatever, decompress things in a hacky kind of way. Sure. But with her, she's doing it for a purpose. The chorus is perfect. The, The little mantra chorus at the end there. The refrain. Yeah, if you've got a spare half a million, you could knock it down and start rebuilding. So there's an absurdity there. She's talking about like, yeah, of course, if you've got a spare half a million dollars laying around. She's talking also, though, about how you could just tear down all the problems in your life and start again, but it's going to come at a great cost. So she's playing with all this metaphor and stuff. It's just everything about this song. I just I just love Yeah, it's really, really good. And I made the same note. And I think she's also saying, tear that house down. It's it's like you're erasing another person's entire life's work, at least in this area. And that's, I guess that's why it makes sense. You said it ties into the title of the, it's like a portmanteau between depression and whatever the city is called. Preston, yeah. Preston, yeah. I love that she's wandering around the house and she sees the, the guy in Vietnam on the wall and you know she's just (laughs) she's passing by all of these countless memories (laughs) that are strewn about this this place so great very very good there's a there's a great uh podcast called song exploder which takes a a song and has an artist just deep dive into everything about it that's a great show yeah yeah courtney did an episode about depressed and so well worth a listen to song exploder if you haven't but that brings us to track six aqua profunda we're back up back up with a little two minute slice 60s flare on this one Thing you do stuff. <laughs> I love that line. I much prefer swimming to jogging before yeah. she dips into verse two. Yeah. All those little personality. You feel like you get to know Courtney on this record. The lyrical themes are still like trying to figure out what's, you know, going on <laughs> uh, in the world around me and inside my head and dealing with friendships and relationships and just normal uh normal things yeah and i love that the the surf rock flair of the song echoes the fact that it's all about swimming and stuff you know Mm -hmm. the stanza i pulled out of this one i tried my very best to impress you held my breath longer than i normally do i was getting dizzy my hair was wet and frizzy felt my muscles burn i took a tumble turn for the worse it's a curse my lack of athleticism sunk like a stone, like a first owner's home loan. When I came to, you and your towel were gone. It's just, <laughs> mm-hmm. she's, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've been at the pool in situations yeah. like that where, where you're thinking about other things. You're sort of zoning out and stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's great. Slice Meditative. This is a track where the bassist really shines. I really like the bass on this one. And this is the one where I wrote it had an Elvis Costello quality. Ooh. High energy music on top of low energy lyric and intense description. <laughs> exactly right. I think you nailed Elvis better than I ever have. For shame to me, but thank you, because I'm going to steal okay. that. Please. So that brings us to track seven, Dead Fox. Dead Fox. A song I think I would have been ready to write off and then suddenly turns into this perfect little thing for me. Jen insists that we buy organic vegetables and I must admit that I was a little skeptical at first. A little pesticide can't hurt. Never having too much money, I get the cheap stuff at the supermarket but they're all pumped up with shit. My friends told me that they stick. I think it's a cool track. The music, especially the guitar tones and the tom work he's doing. Just the band is so tight. Yeah. It's about them going to the supermarket. 
and the things they see along the way. <laughs> you know, I, I also think a little pesticide can't hurt, but <laughs> who knows? I'm probably wrong. So that's my favorite line of the thing. My friend told me they stick nicotine in the apples or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, what is that? Uh, that reminds me of the tomaco with the Simpsons. It's oh, the right. tomato, tobacco, whatever. I thought you said it tasted terrible. It does. But it's smooth and mild. And refreshingly addictive. I'm addicted to these. <laughs> this is my terrible Chief Wiggum. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying my terrible impressions. <laughs> Holy Moses, it does taste like grandma. I want more. But yeah, this one has a clear chorus. You know, some of these don't have a clear chorus. Mm -hmm. If you can't see me, I can't see you. It's it's a nice phrase for a chorus as well. Yeah, and it's uh, just the sign from the back of a truck, like uh, about the rear, the side view mirrors. Oh, didn't even get that. Didn't pick that one up. I mean, it's because she turns it into a universal kind of thing. Right. So I think that's all intentional. I pulled out the stanza, heading down the highway, Hume... Somewhere at the end of June, taxidermied kangaroos are littered on the shoulders. So a lot of dead mm. kangaroos, I suppose, litter the roads in Australia. One must presuppose, yes. A possum Jackson Pollock is painted in the tar. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a uh, an obliterated possum. Bye-bye. Which is, I think, the best kind of possum. Yeah, definitely not the worst kind. Yeah. The worst would probably be the one that lands on your face <laughs> in the middle of the night. Are they the worst animal? Can you think of a worse animal? An animal. A worst animal. I can think of a lot of bugs. Are bugs animals? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, then no. Maybe a bat? <laughs> There's a line in this song I, I really love. It's it's where she says, "I th sometimes I think a single sneeze could be the end of us. Now, who hasn't been in a relationship oh, where you've thought a single sneeze could be the end of it? Like, oh, if you do another thing out of line, I'm out of here. I'm 50 ways out the back, Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm, there's some it's backwards great. guitar going on at the end there. Some little revol tickles my revolver bone a little. <laughs> I was going to say your revolver bone is showing, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see through the bubble? Yeah, it's very fogged out. That bubble, your bubble is very getting fogged from the inside. It's like Dennis Nedry's Jeep before he gets eaten by a, uh, one of those fucking dinosaurs that spit acid or whatever the hell it is. A Dilophosaurus. You made me Nedry laugh. You just made me Nedry <laughs> laugh. The high-pitched squeal. I can't do it. The squeal he does. So that brings us to track eight. Nobody really cares if you don't go to the party. Is this the most perfect song title ever conceived? Because I posit that it is. Yeah, very cool track. Love the title, the concept, the bass guitar work. I want to go out, but I want to stay home. <laughs> I agree with you. You know, but everybody's had that thought, right? That, uh, you know, you're staring at that Facebook invite for weeks, knowing that it's coming and you, you've clicked the maybe, yeah. you know, and, and because you didn't want to say that you were going and then bail, but you didn't want to decline and be a dick. And so you're sitting, yeah. you're sitting in maybe land and you're, you're thinking about it and you're dwelling on it. And you know what? Nobody really cares if you don't go to the party. Nobody cares. And no one will remember. Yeah. So it's fine. It gets harder in the winter. Gotta be a fake or a shiver. It takes a great deal out of me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. A lot of these parties, you're like, why am I here again? I pulled out, you always get what you want and you don't even try. Your friends hate it when it's always going your way, but I'm glad that you've got luck on your side. You're saying definitely maybe. I'm saying probably no. <laughs> you say you'll sleep when you're dead. I'm scared I'll die in my sleep. I guess that's not a bad way to go. And then it's, I want to go out, but I want to stay home. So, 
Yeah, that's it's great. Uh, it's about a couple arguing about whether or not they're going to go to the party. <laughs> you know, again, pretty <laughs> mundane stuff, but boy, there's that sick solo in there, that fucking awesome rock and roll thing really happening, good. and yeah, I just I really love this track. Really love the the sentiment behind it too. And then we get track nine, Debbie Downer. Now this one. My first note here is no rest for the Costello weary on this album. <laughs> yeah. Because this one was another one that had uh, some Costello on it for me. Maybe not my favorite on the album, but it's okay. It sounds like a Linda McCartney song straight off of that wild whatever that oh i forget the name of it yeah that's the one it sounds like a linda mccartney song and yeah that was the one i was like "Eh, it's it's kind of it makes sense that it's number nine it's not closing the they just like you could you could strike this one off and i wouldn't miss it uh yeah maybe a b-side yeah i don't think it hurts the album per se it just lengthens it so you posited this on one of our sessions i don't remember which one but you said what's your what's your ideal track total 10 or nine. Me? I like the Billy Joel nine. The nine. Nine perfect ones. And if you're above 10, just give me 12. I don't want 14. And I'm saying that even on some Beatles albums. You're like, yeah, get rid of a couple of those. Yeah, get, get rid of them. It's all good. B-sides. I think an album, it should yeah. be short as possible. I've been thinking a lot about that since you said it and actually thinking a lot about yeah, why don't they just knock some of these off? <laughs> and so um, knock this is off. one I would have knocked. This is one I think I would have knocked. I would have knocked this one at Boxing Day Blues off of it, and you wouldn't have you wouldn't have missed anything, but it's okay. Um, I, I like the piano and synthesizer, whatever it is that's going on, given, given this one that's new wavy flavor. And there's a fun stanza, I'm growing older every time I blink my eyes, boring, neurotic, everything that I despise. We had some lows, we had some mids, we had some highs. Sell me all your golden rules and I'll see if that's the kind of person that I want to be. If I'm not happy, I'll be glad I kept the receipts. So yeah. there's still great lyrics going on in this one, even though maybe it's not the best on the record. But, you know, some nice maracas, good atmosphere. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you're right. Brings us to track 10, Kim's, Kim's Caravan. Caravan. I think this might be the best song about a suicidal seal depressed about the effects of climate change that uh, was ever written. <laughs> Probably right about that. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. you're definitely right about that. I can see Jesus and he's frowning at me. <laughs> That's right. Watermarks on the ceiling I can see Jesus and he's frowning at me I see a dead seal on the beach The old man says he's already saved it three times this week Guess it just wants to die I would want to die too with people putting oil into my air But to be fair, I've done my share Guess everybody's got their different point of view I was walking it's, down It's just about her in L.A. venturing around eating french fries on the beach and reading about how nature is imploding upon itself. We all think that we are nobody, but everybody is somebody else's somebody. It's good. She has a lot of really good lines right before her choruses, her core eye, if you're a scientist. Depressing thought, but a great chorus. Kind of a bitching end, too, with that hard strummed crescendo into the little whale song groove or whatever. I think this one, you kind of just need the the lyrics to get the portrait. So I'm just going to read just going to read them real quick here. So watermarks on the ceiling. I can see Jesus and he's frowning at me. That's the one you said. I see a dead seal on the beach. The old man says he's already saved it three times this week. Guess it just wants to die. Yeah. I would want to die too with yeah. people putting oil into my air. But to be fair, I've done my share. Guess everybody's got their different point of view. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Whoa. Heavy. Yeah. It's a sentiment I've thought often, you know, about how... I think we're all on some level, even if some are more in denial than others, aware that we're destroying this planet that we're living on. 
but we don't really know what to do about it. And we all kind of want to do something to help, but we also acknowledge that we've done our fair share in destroying it too. Yes. Yeah. A great sentiment. You know what? A kind of a quintessential millennial sentiment. Yes. I agree with you about that. And that brings us to the uh, to the ending of the album here, track 11, Boxing Day Blues. I know that I let you down You're not keen on what you found Winter This one I, I don't love, but it's kind of a nice slow burn to end the to end the record on. You know, it's fine. I like the minimalistic lyrics. Yes, they're the economy rather to say that maybe in a better way. I'm not what yeah. you're looking for. My house has an open door. You need a lock and a key. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, lover, I've got no idea. It's a good end, as you said. Yeah, I love all your ideas. You love the idea of me. Yeah, it's the vibe. The vibe is great. It's really that's it. great. Yeah, it's the vibe. Totally, totally. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's Courtney Barnett's Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit. I, I really was looking forward to this one because it, it is just one of my favorites out there. And if you haven't heard Courtney Barnett's other records, I highly recommend those as well. There is the great album she did with Kurt Vile, even though I'm not the biggest Kurt Vile fan called lot of sea lice which is great and then she put out one in 2018 too that is more like this and um and that one has more breakup y sentiments in it and so yeah i think that one may have been the gen breakup record but yeah you know she she makes great music she just this past month put out a an mtv unplugged where she does a lot of great covers and things and she stays active had a mullet for a while there that was unfortunate but you know what she's got a style <laughs> she's going for it why not? Why not? Why not, man? Yeah, it's a great, you know, so I also looked up, it's a little bit of press. It's not a lot, but I was surprised. 8.6 on Pitchfork and her all music review for this from Stephen Thomas Erlewine was a five out of five. Hey. Gave, him, gave, him all the, gave her all the stars. That's your boy. That is one of my boys that I don't know. I pretend that I know. <laughs> He writes, there are no frills here, but there is a distinct, compelling voice evident in Barnett's songs and music alike. That's what makes sometimes I sit and think and sometimes I just sit so invigorating. It may have roots, perhaps even some inadvertent ones, but it's music that lives thoroughly in the moment. Yes. Nails it. I really like his stuff. I'm so happy that you uh, introduced me to his reviews because I always love hearing them. (laughs) Oh, they're so good, his reviews. They're as good as some of the albums that he reviews. So, uh, so thank you everybody for joining us. We hope you're, uh, you know, you're doing okay out there. I don't know when this one is going up because we. I'm not. We decided to like kind of. <laughs> Ryan's. I'm just slowly. kidding. I care. I'm very concerned for you. I hope you're doing well. That's why we are releasing these. We want to make you guys laugh. Yeah. So the the release schedule may be a little erratic, but it's just because we kind of wanted to get them out. So you know, we'll. Uh, We'll get them done as, as we go. But uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Hope you'll all go check out Courtney Barnett's stuff and come back next episode because we've got a really good one in store Uh-oh. next time. Oh, one boy. of my Now, Ryan, sometimes you give me my new favorite albums of the moment, and this next one, I have to just tell the people it's my album of the moment right now, so very excited. Ah, <laughs> That's all I'll say. See you next time. Bye. an opinion about the album we discussed today contact us at at now here this podcast on instagram at now here this pod on twitter facebook.com slash now here this podcast or email us at now here this official at gmail.com see you next time oh those tasty waveforms oh mm. waveforms I know about stuff like that. What's so funny? So I'm 15 minutes into episode two, and we just started joking about coronavirus, like it's this some abstract thing that's affecting other people. Right. <laughs> this is getting edited uh, out. I can uh, tell based upon Paul's reaction. 
<laughs> well, it's, it's, let's call it borderline. Um, the, uh, <laughs> well, hey, Ryan. Hey, Paul, how are you? Well, I'm good. I'm here to tell the listeners that if they'd like to contribute mm. to help keeping these Now Hear This episodes coming, well, they can donate featuring the wonderful new donation technology that ACAST has developed for us. That's right, ACAST has helped us out. They host the show. Yeah, our hosts, ACAST, have made it really easy to donate to the show. They have an ACAST supporter feature, and there's a link in the show description that you can follow to kick a couple bucks for the show. It can be five bucks, a hundred bucks, less than a dollar, we don't care. Yeah, just something to keep the lights on. It's all out of pocket, and we do this out of love, and that's it. And we love you all for listening. Thank you very much for doing that. Couldn't said it better myself. Okay. All right. Well, bye then. <laughs>